0: So this is really fun. We are here to talk about our next uh, episode of the Doctor Who, uh, Talking Doctor Who podcast. And we are going to be talking about episode, season one, episode four, five, six, and seven. So, woo! holy cow, four episodes. Jonathan's here with me to to talk about it. Hey. (laughs) Yeah, so let's just dive in, okay? So we're going to talk about four and five kind of together because they're two-parter. And these are called Aliens of London and World War Three. Why don't you explain a little bit, a little bit, kind of what happens in in this these this uh, episode? The basic premise.
1: Well, the basic premise is that Rose and the Doctor come back for a visit, and she, she has been told that she's only been gone about twelve hours. She's been gone a few days, but he wanted to travel her back so it, it wouldn't seem like she'd been gone that long. Mm-hmm. However, he gets the time wrong, and she ends up there a year after she left. So by this time, everybody thinks she's either run off or she's dead. So there's that whole mess. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, a spaceship crashed, crashes into Big Ben and into the Thames. So then there's a whole uproar in the city about these aliens have landed. we got to figure out what's going on. And... <clears throat> The doctor is trying to investigate, but he's hampered by the fact that he doesn't want to, like, take his TARDIS right into the middle of things and stir up even more controversy. Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, Rose is trying to smooth things out with her family. Things aren't going very well. Mickey was apparently accused of her murder because he was the last person that was seen with her. Mm -hmm. And he can't tell anybody what happened because she flew away in a time-traveling space box (laughs) and that's going to sound insane to people and he's going to be looked at as even more crazy Mm -hmm. so basically at least in the first episode the main thing is trying to figure out what happened who crashed why did they crash and what's what the government is doing because there's some suspicious activity going on in the government as well
0: yeah, and I I thought that all of that stuff with her mom and Mickey and everything that was my favorite part of the episode. I really mm-hmm. well that, and um, we'll talk about uh the um MP Harriet Jones. We'll talk about that, but uh, I I like that. I thought that was good. I thought that uh it um I don't know. You saw a human side to the doctor, uh, where he you know had to kind of apologize and had to try to kind of fit in. A little bit with her family, a little bit, and uh, I liked. I just liked that. I thought that was all. It felt genuine. I, I think, this, particularly the response of her mother, you know, like freaking out the way does. I like that woman who plays her mother. I think she's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think her name is Camille Kodori, Cod- mm-hmm. Some, something like that, something close to that.
0: They look she's, like they could be mother daughter. I, I I think.
1: Yeah, she's a great actress. I really mm-hmm. like her. She's one of my favorite. I mean, I love Rose, but she's one of my favorite parts about rose being a companion is when they come back home to her because i really like her yeah she's
0: funny but she's not like annoying that part mm-hmm. could get annoying real quick but uh, she straddles that line i think really well yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah so okay well so they end up at the um uh what's it uh, downing street where the government In is downing
1: street i think In that's I'm not sure exactly what happens there, but I know that's
0: That's where the I'm Prime Minister say similar is. to the
1: White House, maybe. Yeah. I I need to brush up more on my European politics, I think, but I no, know it's an important I, building over there. I
0: don't think that the Prime Minister lives there. I could be wrong. Yeah. I have no idea, but I I know that's where he like All works. There. Hmm. Yes. And so they end up there. And at first you think there's like this weird, like the Prime Minister is gone. And there's this weird, like, sugar man who, like, is given power because everybody else has been killed or is missing or whatever. I don't know. And But then pretty quickly, you figure out that these people there are the aliens. They're not, mm-hmm. like, humans. And uh, they are called the uh, Slitheen, correct?
1: Slitheen, yes. Slitheen. So that, re- that is not their species name. That's their family name. And oh, I, I didn't know that. The species. <laughs> I actually have this memorized. It's one of like the longest names in Doctor Who, but they're from phallopatorius
0: Holy mouth.
1: <laughs> I've seen this <that> episode <laughs> so many times that I have that down. And I even have the name of the female alien down. Her name is Blonde Fel Fot Passimer Holy cow. Look at that. Wow. <laughs> I've, I've seen these episodes a lot so I have those memorized it's it's like such random words but somehow they've stuck in my head
0: so you're a big fan of these these aliens
1: mostly I have some issues with them but mostly I like them (laughs)
0: so these aliens first of all they're they're definitely like supposed to be like goofy silly aliens like they uh or whatever but they're also like mean at the same time but they're definitely supposed to be like funny and uh and and, like i feel (laughs) this is no insult because i know you like this but to me it feels a little bit like an 11 year old wrote these aliens uh because (laughs) there's just like so many like fart jokes and so that,
1: like... that is my problem with it i i don't like the fart jokes it's just like it goes over the top way too much it's like why did this why was this necessary it's not like yeah. integral to the plot really i don't know it's just yeah it's just like i don't know it's just not my thing i they were
0: just there was just something about them that was annoying to me. I'm like, oh, stop. Just stop. <laughs> I can't explain it. Were, I just thought they, they were really annoying. The way they talked.
1: Inserts. And I can see why that would get really annoying.
0: The way they would, like, look at you and the way that... I don't know. There was just something that was, like... The way like, they
1: giggled to themselves was kind of annoying, too. Yeah.
0: They... I and mean, it's sort of like... There's a certain kind of villain that I tend to get annoyed with. Like, um, the... Like, the... I think they're called the... Guggins, the Guggins or whatever and Pete's dragon. Oh my gosh. They're so annoying. And, uh, and the original Pete's dragon, uh, those kind of characters that are sort of like hillbillies and like, look how uncivilized I am. Like, I usually don't think that's funny. That's just me. Um, <laughs> plus like you really want to get kind of like immersed in like the danger of what's happening. And it's hard when you like get that kind of momentum interrupted by a fart joke.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: Right? It's sort of like Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. They were, very, they were a little Jar Jar binks ish
1: I can see that, yeah. Right? Yeah. I like them better than Jar Jar Binks, but
0: yeah. I, I, I do too. I mean, you could say that for most things. I like most things better than Jar Jar Binks, but <laughs> <laughs> it's the same kind of idea. Like, you really want to get immersed in this, like, war and this like all this intense stuff that's happening, and then you've got, like, you know, Jar Jar over there making, like, you know, farty noises and stuff, and it's just like... <laughs> hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> yes. I to- I totally agree. So, like good. I said, oh. I like I like this episode. I do like this levine but there are things about them, especially the fart jokes that annoy me, and yeah. I wish they could have done without that.
0: Oh, good. We're on the same page then. This is for the uh, so as far as that that's good. That's very good. Um so and there was sort of the 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 tense scene when they're all in that room, all the leaders And they're all kind of just like waiting to, you know, what's going to happen. And the doctors even like, you definitely get a sense of the doctor being in real peril. And I mean, obviously like the show has to go on, but I think there are times, so, you know, he's not really going to die. Like we get that, but it's just first season. But I think that they do a good job sometimes on Doctor Who, despite all that, creating a sense of peril for the doctor and creating pretty tense situations where you're like we know he's going to get out of this situation how is he going to get out of this situation Mm -hmm. you know and like you really you don't know how he's going to get out of the situation
1: yeah that happens semi-frequently
0: yeah and uh so yeah he like he's able to work with mickey to like get them to fire on Downey street and yeah yeah um so let's talk about mp harriet jones
1: <laughs> she's probably <laughs> my favorite part of these episodes i just love her definitely yeah i love penelope wilson who plays her yes she's just she's the greatest i she's she does come back to doctor who later on and she's just every time i see her i just i love her and i i this is off topic but i i i loved that she was the queen in the bfg because I, I went to see that with my cousins and i was like
0: that's harriet jones mp <laughs> maybe she so likes I, stuff with like flatulence humor because there's a lot in that movie too <laughs> that's i didn't even think about that but that's true <laughs> guess, that's guess, slightly better pulled off there It's <laughs> true
1: but, you know, maybe she's the the reason what i think she is the reason why she it doesn't annoy me as much is because she's there and yeah i don't know she makes it better i guess yeah she
0: is amazing i love her too it, whenever you can get a dame on board anything it's usually good good boost for your project you can get a dame yeah. on board and she is one and she is great and she is on downton abbey and she was one of the best parts of that show if you, if you ever watch that show she
1: I, uh, i've been recommended it so many times i haven't gotten to it i need to get to it i especially will especially
0: first two seasons i still enjoyed it all the way throughout but um i mean she is right up there with um uh shoot that's her name um she's she holds her own And she plays Matthew Crowley's mother and she's supposed to be sort of the middle class kind of, (laughs) which is ridiculous because she still, you know, lives in all this luxury. But like compared to the Crowley family, she is, uh, you know, she is much more uh, middle class. Uh, Mm -hmm. like the fact that her son has like a job and uh, you know things like that and she is often put up as the counterbalance to maggie smith who's amazing of course another dame maggie smith Mm -hmm. and her are like rivals basically throughout the show and the two of them are so good in any scene that they're in so she's a great actress anyone owns tell us a little bit about her character
1: well she's the mp for flydale north which as far as i can tell is a fictional county or township i don't think it really exists because i actually googled flydale and nothing came up except tons of doctor who pages so i don't think it exists but basically she's there on some minuscule government business and she can't get into anywhere because of this alien attack has happened (laughs) and she eventually is left alone in the building and she wanders in and finds these Plans the the I don't know the the
0: The aliens plans right?
1: Well, no, it's government it's government papers. It's basically what protocols that they're supposed to follow in the case of an emergency. Oh right 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 right. Oh. So she's looking through these, and she's interrupted by all the government people coming back in. So she doesn't want to get caught looking at these confidential documents, of course. So she hides in the closet where she discovers that they are actually the aliens because they Prime unzip their England. foreheads yeah. and peel off their human suits. And she's basically the key to all this because the Doctor and Rose show up later and Rose, she takes Rose off and explains everything that's going on and then the three of them end up having to work together to defeat the aliens. Mm-hmm. Because eventually the aliens get what they want. They What they want is for the humans to declare nuclear war and basically nuke themselves. Because Why do they want that? The Slavine are basically a crime family. So not everyone from Raxacoracophallibatorius is like the Slavine. They probably look like the Slavine. But yeah. I don't think they all kill people. They don't all wear the human suits. They Basically, the Slavine... <coughs> they're out to make a buck and what they want is to have the earth kind of melted down and they can sell off the slag for fuel so basically they want to turn the earth into fuel that they can sell around the universe
0: oh okay wow
1: that's their basic plan get the humans to nuke themselves and then they can sell off the earth bit by bit
0: okay i wasn't sure about that i I got a little confused with what their motivations were (laughs) Mm-hmm. okay, and uh so yeah, so basically they're gonna like kill uh, they so they want the the government to kill everybody for them basically with these nuclear
1: weapons that yes. uh, they won't have to do anything themselves that's what that was their plan they just want they want people to kill themselves off and they'll take everything once everybody's gone
0: <clears throat> okay, and so the the doctor kind of he gets that he gets Mickey. To fire a non-nuclear missile at Downing Street to destroy them. Yeah, yes. In the end, right?
1: Yes. The, the doctor had. I'm pretty sure it was UNIT's website. UNIT is a government agency that I don't think it's strictly UK, um, and it's fictional. It's not a real agency. It's basically a Doctor Who's. I don't know alien CIA type people. They they monitor alien activity. I think they they might be based in the UK. I don't but I think they're around the world as well. Mm. He has Mickey get into their website and figure out based on what's there what they can do, and they blow up 10 Downing Street to kill the aliens before the aliens can nuke the world or get p- other people to nuke the world for them.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. Well, so yeah. So these are interesting episodes. What one ten? What would you rank? both these as a combined kind of unit
1: (laughs) it's kind of hard because i love these episodes but there are parts of it that i really don't like Mm -hmm. but like penelope wilson brings it all back so i think i'm probably going to give it an eight Mm
0: -hmm. give them
1: together an eight
0: i probably give them a six i wasn't bored I you know as far as things, but yeah, that is, so I wouldn't give it below five because that would be one I like actively didn't like. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I remember texting to you like I'm not liking these aliens. <laughs> like-
1: <laughs> yeah, and I get it because I'm I'm annoyed with aspects of them too. But I like their design. I like I like the actor. I mean, I like the actor who plays blonde. Um, I'm not too big on the other ones, but I liked her. Mm. And I like Penelope Wilton, so everything everything yeah. is brought back up to even out what I really dislike, yeah, I Yeah,
0: I can understand that. Totally can. Okay, so let's talk about number six. We have, this is Dalek. So this is only the second episode I've ever seen with a Dalek in it. But there was mm. all, the one from season 10 was very brief. It was only enough for like a minute. Yeah.
1: Well, oh. as you can tell from what, having watched season 10, even though this is supposedly the last dalek in existence it's not really All right. right <laughs> i'll be back
0: <laughs> so but at this
1: point you're supposed to believe that this is the last dalek in existence yeah.
0: so this one was this is my favorite of the four i have to say for sure by a lot actually and so this one they are in salt lake Woo-woo! and uh <laughs> Which I don't know why they picked Salt Lake. I don't quite understand it. But I don't. Know, anyway, they were
1: underground for the whole thing. I, I know. <laughs> like, it really could have been anywhere. I think they yeah. probably just threw a dart at the map and were yeah. like, "Oh well, it landed on Salt Lake City. We'll, <laughs> we'll set it there."
0: I, I the only thing I can figure is that there is a um, the LDS Church has a uh like kind of a bunker where they store all of like it's actually in a mountain that they store like. <laughs> artifacts and stuff like that like there's some well, of the original like because it controls temperature and whatever and uh and so that's the only thing that i can figure out is that maybe they were they're kind of going off of that but uh, there's no alien artifacts that i'm aware of but who knows who knows and so anyway but this it was kind of fun but um but i enjoyed this one a lot and uh, basically like the idea is that the TARDIS is takes them to this uh, to Salt Lake under this underground bunker? There's this man, Henry Van Staten, who is this like rich collector guy, and he has all of these artifacts from all these different aliens, kind of like it's sort of like his own little like Roswell collection, basically. And uh, he has a Dalek. And he uh and the doctor is like horrified about this, that he has one. And uh yeah, it's supposed to be the one that survived all the like the war or whatever, that's this last survivor. And what happens is that Rose feels sorry for the Dalek and she puts her hand on on it, uh and uh and it brings him him or her i don't know daleks have a sex but anyway brings it to life and kind of back to life (laughs) and he actually like absorbs or it absorbs rose's dna and then he they set out to the Daleks sets out to basically kill everyone and it like why did the why did the daleks want to kill everybody what what is they why it's just their programming or they have some reason
1: Basically, they're supposed to be an analogy for Nazis like they were written like they were first oh. written not long after the defeat of the Nazis like it was like maybe tw- twenty years.
0: I would never have thought Nazi later with Dalek
1: huh oh, interesting they're, they're they're basically space Nazis hmm. they don't like anyone who is not like them. they only want Daleks to be the only race in existence.
0: Yeah. But there's nothing specific to humans then that they
1: No. Are they, it wouldn't matter what planet this was on the Daleks would behave exactly the same they want to kill everyone who is not a Dalek. Interesting. Okay. And yeah. Basically you'll kind of get this in more more in detail later it basically all comes down to who created the Daleks because mm-hmm. the Daleks were like genetically engineered by a madman and you'll find out more about him later and he's he's featured more heavily in the old series so i guess a lot of his backstory is in the old series but he'll come up again later on in the series as well do they
0: always cat absorb dna of of people no this
1: this, i'm not that part always confused me a little bit i think it was just sort of a deus ex machina Mm -hmm. maybe because they needed the dalek to be dormant until the doctor and rose got there uh-huh. basically they just said because rose is had traveled through time there was something about her dna that would help the dalek regenerate inside of his little tank body i don't know
0: mhm uh-huh.
1: it was just kind of a handy little writing tool to get them out of this situation yeah. they themselves i think so it, it doesn't happen again i don't think
0: okay that's interesting that's interesting cuz it was it, it was interesting that uh, to see sort of her energy kind of get absorbed, but at the same time he still like wants to kill and and uh that combination was was sort of interesting to see and I guess like I've learned as far as again my somewhat limited experience, but I feel like with Doctor. Who, I really like the ones that feel very horror influenced. Uh, Like the one with the tree from from season 10 or uh, the tree people or, uh, you know, and that one had a very horror feel. That was very fun. And I really like the old ones where they go back in time. Those are my favorite by far. And so this one to me had those horror elements that were fun to me they're getting chased, they're getting, there's tension, uh, they're in a, you know, a lot of times really small cramped environments uh, that, you know, you've got this evil hunting them down kind of a thing, and so I thought it was really fun. I enjoyed it.
1: Mm -hmm. Doctor Who does small cramped environments well. Mm -hmm. They do, (laughs) that used to be like a, a main staple on the show back in the day, because they made the show really on the cheap. You can tell that through a lot of the special effects, but they set a lot of episodes in underground bunkers or caves. Places where they didn't have to do a whole lot of detail and they could reuse sets. But it really does add to the atmosphere of the show. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it creates believable tension. Like, what is the doctor going to do? How is he going to get out of this? And there's also this kid named Adam uh, mm-hmm. who is... He works for Van St- He's Van employed
1: by Van Stan. because he's... He apparently was a child prodigy and Van Stanton wants to use him to mm-hmm. figure out what all this alien tech is that he's got that he keeps collecting from is various he, places.
0: Is he just in the next two episodes or, or just the yeah. just these two episodes or is he in
1: others? Nope, those there's only two episodes. He was mm-hmm. he was meant to show basically that the doctor might actually take people with him that aren't the greatest and he was the first companion because they call him a companion like in official places he's the first companion ever to be kicked out of the TARDIS for bad behavior Mm. but we'll get to that in the next episode
0: (laughs) (laughs) so but in this one uh he's just kind of along for the ride really
1: yeah and technically he is in the next one too he just makes a a series of very stupid decisions
0: yes he does yes he does and so yeah you basically i i liked the idea of sort of rose's humanity uh impacting the dalek and you get mm-hmm. that moment where they actually open it up and you see the creature inside and yeah this
1: this isn't the first episode where they toy with daleks acquiring human emotions in some way but mm-hmm. i think I think this is probably the the best one mm-hmm. that they do that in, because it happens again in another season in a different way, completely different way, but I'm not the biggest fan of that episode. Mm-hmm. So this one is probably my favorite of the way that they have, they toy with yeah. the Daleks acquiring some form of morality. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and the Dalek really does take out a lot here. Uh, it's, it's, it's sort of very like, um, Sort of Star Trekky in the sense that, like, the red shirts, just like it's, it's nobody that you really care about. It's nobody that you really, but like, there's quite a bit of <laughs> quite a bit mm-hmm. of carnage. <laughs>
1: uh, Thankfully, it's all like bloodless, goreless. It's just yeah. they're zapped and then they fall over. Right. Which right. I, if we're gonna have like insane amounts of violence, I would prefer it to be that. I don't like I don't like blood and gore. Agreed. I prefer Doctor Who does does that well having like bloodless death
0: agreed yeah yeah i, I agree so anyway yeah this, this is one that i really enjoyed i would give this one oof, i don't know like an 8.5 i really liked it <laughs> i
1: thought it was good i i i should probably explain this but i'm actually not the hugest fan of this episode i would give it a seven because i do like a lot about it but there's a whole bunch of people in this episode that I think are terrible actors. Mm. And and maybe they're not actually terrible actors, but I'm, I need, I haven't looked everybody up, but I'm 99% sure that almost everybody in this episode is British putting on a, an American accent. Yeah, and that's very true. Agreed. agree. They're doing a very good job, <laughs> especially the guy, the one guy, I, I wrote down his quote. Let me see. He says, Thank you, doctor, but I think I know how to fight one single tin robot. His delivery on that line just makes me cringe and groan uh, the entire time. That's true.
0: That's episode. true. He I was probably, pretty bad.
1: When I cut together my episode, I'm probably going to put a clip in here just so that people can see how awful his delivery is. It's so bad. It just.
0: Yeah. If
1: Penelope Wilton brought the last one up, that single line <laughs> brings this episode down. I just hate it so much. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Where people, where people seem to be mispronouncing things or saying things with just they don't <laughs> sound American and that really yeah. bothers me. Okay. Like there there are English actors who can do American accents very well, but I don't think any of them were in this episode.
0: Maybe it's <laughs> just I liked this one. Way better than the other three, and so maybe that's why it felt elevated. But you're right; it, it that that is an issue for sure. Yeah, the acting is isn't great. I'll go to eight I'll give it eight out of ten because I was really entertained by it. I thought it was fun, and uh, so <laughs> it gives you a hint what I thought of the long game. um So okay, I have confession. I'm not a big fan of futuristic sci-fi stuff like this. I I just I I've seen enough like. I've seen enough like star trek and doctor who and other stuff that i don't know nine times out of ten i find it very boring and i it's crazy because they're creating all of this like futuristic stuff shouldn't that be like really exciting and really like amazing and it's so creative i don't know like for some reason it just doesn't engage me and like there are exceptions to the rule um like I love Wally, I guess, would be sort of an exception to the rule, but that like engages me emotionally. and like I feel like a lot of times with this sort of futuristic sci-fi like Blade Runner, i I respect it. I admire it, but I find a very boring uh, episode very boring. I, I just was like, oh, and um, <laughs> and I didn't really like the the one with the stretched out lady. That one I wasn't I just not it's just not my thing. But I like the horror ones and I really like the, the going back in time ones. So
1: well I actually really like this episode. <laughs> I like the futuristic ones. Yeah, but no like and I said, I, many I'm,
0: people do and but I don't know. It just is like I just feel like I've tried so many times and there are exceptions to the rule but like it's it's so interesting to me because some people a lot of people find a movie like Interstellar to be super boring but I actually really liked it because I was emotionally invested in Murphy and her dad's story and their relationship Mm -hmm. as a family. And so I was motivated and I I found it moving, but a lot of times uh, with this futuristic sci-fi, they forget that kind of element to me. Does that make sense at all? Like what I'm saying? Yeah, it does. Yeah.
1: If it, if this episode had been done with people I didn't like, I probably wouldn't like it that much. But I Mm like the Doctor and Rose. And I thought that some of the ideas that they came up with for how the society had been built were good ideas.
0: Very creative. And it's the same way with Blade Runner. Blade Runner is super creative. And super beautiful and amazing and an accomplishment achievement. Both new and old Blade Runner. But... Just not my favorite, um, but anyway. So let's talk about it. Let's let's talk about because there's a lot to talk about and a lot of good things. I just in the end kind of found it boring. But let's talk about it. So this you have the Doctor Rose and Adam going to the year two hundred thousand, and uh, so why don't you explain a little bit what they find there?
1: So they get to the year two hundred thousand, and basically the Doctor is expecting what he's refers to as the fourth great and bountiful human empire Mm -hmm. basically humanity is supposed to be at a, a peak like they've reached out to hundreds of other alien worlds they've made contact it's basically he's expecting something not quite a utopia but something like a really great place but they land on the space station and find out that there are no aliens the humans are basically kind of sequestered off And there's something weird going on in the space station um people it's basically a news station it's they call it satellite five it's they transmit news all around the world and the the technology the, the technology that they use is he calls it wrong it's not what it's supposed to be plus it just seems really weird they're using people as computers they're using, they're funneling all the information through people's brains so the brains are processing information and then sending it through the satellite instead of using actual computers. Basically, he thinks that something has gone wrong with history because this is not what he expected to find. And the main crux of the episode is he needs to figure out who has been meddling with history, why has humanity become this, And why what like basically what happened to create this world that shouldn't exist
0: yeah so like it's interesting because um because basically there there's these different levels these different floors and they're told different things about each level about uh, about the life that they can lead and and what they can do and uh, and and these these humans are told that if they are exemplary if they do an extra good job being these computers or whatever that then they'll get to go up to the special floor
1: floor 500 where apparently the walls are made of gold and th- apparently that's a good enough reason for everybody to really want that promotion <laughs> that doesn't really seem to appeal to me i'm like why would you want to work in a place just because the walls are made of gold? <laughs> it get hard on the eyes after a while. It'd be too shiny.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's kind of like the, sort of the whole immigrant idea of like the streets are made of gold and kind of like the, the it's sort of like easy way to kind of sell that. It's like super luxurious
1: or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. You know it could it's super be nice. It just didn't seem like that big of a draw to me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's the, um, uh, it's like, um, Oh, it's the the madness of crowds and the psychology of lines or something something like that. It's really interesting, uh, the sociology of it. But anyway, and so like uh, that may be part of it too, is that it's just like this promotion is there and everybody else is getting it and then you never see them again. And
1: uh, that to me would be a huge red flag. (laughs) Like, Like he said, you people are journalists. Why is this not ringing any bells for people? You go to floor 500 and then they never see you again.
0: But they're not really journalists. They're like, they're journalists in the sense that they're more like, um, they're more like researchers.
1: Yeah, kind of. But yeah. still, even a normal person, if you've heard about a place where you got a promotion <laughs> and then nobody ever saw you again, yeah, why why would you <laughs> want that promotion?
0: <laughs> well, so you get up to the floor 500 and Simon Pegg is there as the editor. and uh-huh. uh, Which was interesting to see him. Like, Simon Pegg is like Mr. Franchise. He's been in Star Wars, he's been in Star Trek, he's been in Doctor Who, he's (laughs) been in like everything. Yeah. (laughs) He needs to like just (laughs) be in uh he needs to be in a Batman movie and a Marvel movie, and he's got like everything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, apparently he was he was supposed to apparently have gotten a different part he was supposed to have like a bigger part of the series they originally wanted him to play rose's dad oh because hmm. i'm sure you saw the preview for next week rose's dad shows up but he wasn't available during that block of shooting so he, they gave him this part instead
0: he doesn't seem old enough to be rose's dad to me i don't know right uh, who knows okay anyway so he's the editor and like why is it so cold up there
1: because the jagrafest is on the ceiling and the jagrafest needs it cool. will die if it gets too hot like you saw at the oh right right, right. the end they shut down the cooling system the jaggerfest overheated and exploded so the jagrafest will die if it's not cold enough
0: and how did the jagrafest get there it's I don't just know. like <laughs> it's-
1: that's one of thing that i don't think is explained very well like <laughs> who who did he, he they say he was installed he couldn't have installed himself. Why would humans intentionally install this thing that is planning on manipulating the human race? I have no idea. I, I didn't understand that part. Well, I did like this episode. I feel like the Jagrafest needed more backstory. And where yeah. did he come from? What is, what is his race like? He's just this big lump of flesh with teeth. Yeah. What? Why? I don't. I don't. I don't really understand the Jaggerfest very much. No,
0: and like so, basically, like the editor is his job is to help the the news people create propaganda. That's what his job is yeah. to keep them. And lock like,
1: like, Jaggerfest because the Jaggerfest is helpless to do anything by itself. Right,
0: <laughs> and keeping everything so whatever so imbalanced and so yeah, so they need. They need the humans to continue to process all of this news, um, and that keeps that, like it's this balance between the processing and the Jaggerfest and everything, right?
1: Yeah, sort of. Yes, yeah, it kind gets- of, I don't know. It gets a little confusing because I want to know more about why the Fest is there and it's not really explained very well. Right. It's not. I I would understand more if I got more backstory. Yeah.
0: And then you have Adam getting up to all kinds of mischief. So he is like not happy on the floor with the journalists. And so he goes and he wants to like go to the viewing area or whatever. And uh, he leaves, which is never a good idea never leave the doctor <laughs> yeah unless you absolutely have to and so he goes wandering around on this space thing and also like rose it has a phone now
1: the, the doctor upgraded her phone in the second episode yes
0: so and this is, is basically
1: a, a call back in time yes
0: so this is a very good phone plan
1: <laughs> she <has>. yeah really
0: <laughs> very good my my minutes and everything <laughs> uh but yeah so she has a phone and is this something that's in a lot of episodes because i don't remember in season 10 anybody having a phone
1: i i feel like he upgrades the next companion's phone too but it's kind of a plot point that's sort of done away with i think because they don't I don't remember too many calls home after the first season, yeah. really. Yeah.
0: So, anyway, so Adam goes off, and <laughs> he's pretty dumb. Let, let's be honest. He, this guy's yeah, not,
1: he is Yeah, he's really stupid.
0: He is not the sharpest tool in the shed. So not only does he leave the doctor, but he goes, and he puts his hands on the... Uh, if I'm on some crazy station like that, I'm not putting my hands anywhere. He puts his hands on there and he gets this like jolt of information and it's very exciting, very, very cool. And uh, and so he, he decides to have a chip installed in his head and then he's going to call back home and tell them everything, all the technology on the answer machine. And uh, <laughs> like... You just shouldn't have things put in your head. Like that's just not a yeah. good
1: thing to do. <laughs> when the, the doc I know the doctor meant when he said that this technology is wrong. I know he meant it as it shouldn't exist in the history that he knows. But also it just seems wrong <laughs> to have people literally opening up their heads to funnel information directly into their brain. Right. So I don't understand why Adam thought that this was a good idea. I know I'm, I'm pretty sure he had plans of making himself rich by taking future knowledge to the past. But if that's going to involve opening your head, literally, that's just a stupid idea.
0: Yeah. Don't do it. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. You don't want anything in your head. Cause you, you want to leave. Like then you've got this alien chip thing in your head. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Bad idea. Very bad idea, but he does it anyway. And <laughs> and it's it and it like actually like cracks open his head and so there's like a port kind of.
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah. It's sort of I don't know, a USB port without the USB. <laughs> yeah, it's just like information goes directly mm-hmm. in the hole. Yeah it's just oh, it seems like a terrible terrible idea
0: yeah which is weird because this whole world is sort of based on information but it's all propaganda it's it's a strange thing like they need all these people to process information but it's not real information so like i don't know it's sort of a strange yeah setup. i don't know um so anyway yeah basically like in the end uh the they're able to get uh the uh um uh they're able to kill the editor and the jagger through heat like you said and uh, they're able to direct onto them and uh and they're able to escape uh, and you, the last like kind of thing is you see the doctor destroying the ancient machine and saying like you're an idiot and mm-hmm. he basically has to have this weird thing in his head the rest of his life
1: yeah which is now useless because he doesn't live in the future where that is used right
0: yeah so and he is he is definitely banned from the TARDIS he's done he's uh he we never see him again I guess
1: I kind of this is I don't know if this is a good idea or not but I kind of want an episode to revisit him like just to find out what he's been doing the last 10 years. Like what became of his life.
0: Yeah, it could be a good party trick. I mean, you got this <laughs> thing in your head.
1: <laughs> that would be a really weird party trick. <laughs> you would freak a lot of people out. <laughs> oh
0: boy. So yeah, I don't know. I just it's very creative. I, this this whole station and the floors and the the whole i don't know it's very very creative but i don't know for whatever reason i was just like oh so boring so i don't know i want to give this one like give this one a five i really didn't like it it wasn't for me uh why would you give it
1: i probably would give it an eight because for all its flaws i actually did like it
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that's
1: cool i I i don't know why I just I like this episode. I I like the creativity, I like the setting, I like the characters. I I really like Cass and Suki. I mean, Suki dies right away, but I liked her while she was there, and I like Cass. So,
0: yeah, she's pretty good. I don't know. Maybe if I is too harsh. Maybe a, I don't know, but I I really I don't. know, I was just like, I just felt like it was never gonna end. It was too. It just felt really long to me. Um, but um.
1: I guess And even though even though I didn't really understand the Jagrafess or his purpose, I did kind of like the idea. I just I liked I liked the Jagrafess as an idea. I just I want more information. I want to know Hmm. where he came Hmm. from and why he was there. Yeah. I mean I know he's there to manipulate the human race, but like why? Yeah.
0: I'll give I'll give it a six. I'll give it a six because I recognize that it's just maybe not my taste, but it is has good things about it but uh, but yeah so it's interesting i, I, I mean I, I think it says something about the show that like it can please so many different people like i really liked the the dalek one you weren't as big a fan of it uh you know i i know other people don't really like the ones they go back in time i love those ones and so uh, hopefully the show kind of has something for everyone
1: <laughs> it actually does because yeah. doctor who is one of those shows that it it changes every episode like every yeah. episode is a new completely different idea yeah i'm sure you're true. gathering that from the ones you've seen but yes. it's always different if you don't like this episode just wait for the next one because it'll be something totally different you can see if you like that one right right
0: okay great well uh, we will try we're not 100% sure we will meet every single week, especially coming up on these holidays. Uh, but we will we will try and we will get together either doing three or four, depends on how they couple up and stuff. And we'll, we'll let you all know. Uh, but uh, let us know in the comment section, what you think of these four episodes, what rating you would give them. And if you think we're out of our minds or you agree with us, or what do you think about these four episodes, please let us know. And please uh, like subscribe. Uh, we're on iTunes. You can follow us at Rachel's reviews. Please do. We'd really appreciate your feedback on there. And, uh, and yeah. So, uh, where can people find you?
1: I'm on Twitter at John J North and my YouTube channel. Those are the best places to find me online. Awesome.
0: Great. Uh, Yeah. And you can find me at Smiling LDS Girl on social media. And like I said, at Rachel's Reviews on iTunes and YouTube. So make sure to check that out. And uh, yeah, so it should be pretty fun. And um, thanks so much. And we will, uh, we will talk again soon.
1: Okay. I'll see you next time.